It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And now it's time to save the liberty movement with a slightly different approach. A lot of libertarians, especially the philosophical variety of which I am one, uh, complain that the Libertarian Party doesn't get enough traction for one reason or another. There are many of us who have conversations with our friends and neighbors and even people we meet for the very first time. And uh, we're always stunned by how most people we talk to are in some way or another very libertarian, how most people want to live and let live. They think the government has encroached on their lives way too much, but somehow there is a disconnect between this pervasive personal philosophy and what the Libertarian Party has been able to do. So maybe there need to be different approaches in order to make policy make purchase in this country. So joining me today, he is the former chair of the Libertarian National Committee, and now he is at the Libertarian Policy Institute. You know him. You might love him. Nicholas Sarwark is here. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Kennedy. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. So um, you left the Libertarian National Committee two years ago. Uh, it's almost three now. That's I what I said. My, yep. Mm-hmm. My third term in uh, July of 2020 mm-hmm. and decided, you know, to do something about what I had heard, which was similar to what you've heard. Libertarians have great ideas. I agree with a lot of those ideas, but gosh, I just can't vote for you because you're not in the right party. And, you know, my family's always been a Democrat or Republican. And that was always a barrier. You know, you had agreement, but they didn't want to follow you all the way down the road. And so when I left being chair, I wanted to focus on the policy, the thing that people agreed on and let go of the partisanship because policy isn't partisan, or at least it shouldn't be. Will the Libertarian Party ever get any real traction at the national level? Because, you know, there are victories. And I think Spike Cohen has been uh, just incredible about reaching out and talking to people, not just in the United States. He was at several conferences in Australia this summer, talking to people about libertarianism and liberty ideas in a completely different part of the world and finding common ground. And his mission has really been to help people fill uh, municipal, county and statewide offices and really have a a ground-up approach. But is there any hope for the Libertarian Party? You know, as a political party, that's how it's not clear whether or not there's going to be a lot of traction. Now, the, the United States Party has advanced more issues than any Libertarian Party around the world, from gay marriage to cannabis legalization, but you never get the credit. Uh, and I think what I'm focusing on now and we're focusing with the Libertarian Policy Institute is if we let go of trying to advance a particular political party and we accept the help of anybody from across the political spectrum, 
to implement some of these policies that have measurable benefits to people's lives, that at least lays the groundwork for a libertarian party in the future to get traction, although that's not in our control. All we control is what we do. And I'm frankly a lot happier not having to deal with a political party every day. Were the problems in the Libertarian Party your fault? I'm sure that some of them were, and you know we could always do better. Some of them, I think, are just structural about the United States. You know, there are two very large dominant parties, and what we see going around the country is most states in this country have one or the other that controls everything, and the other party is relegated to a second tier status, and there's no political competition. And I think being a, a small party, it's difficult to compete on that level with the larger ones where we've found some common ground is finding some of these issues that aren't going to get fixed by the dominant political establishment, like the grocery tax across the deep south. It's an issue of you know poor people getting taxed up to in Mississippi, $7 for every hundred bucks they spend at the grocery store. And it's an issue that they've been trying to fight for a long time, but the Republicans aren't interested and the Democrats aren't big enough. And so building a coalition across the political aisle to fix this one big problem, that's where I think we're going to get a lot more traction. So where is there going to, when are we going to break the stalemate? And, you know, let's sort of step outside of the the traditional roles that we've seen as libertarians and conservatarians and the liberty-minded. Like, let's say it's not necessarily the Libertarian Party right now, but you have more than any other time, and that's really saying something because people have been fed up with both parties for so long, but you have a lot of voters who were faced with you know, a crazy old guy and a dumb old guy, and they don't want either of them, but they're going to be stuck. It, it seems like we're going to we're going to have a retread of the 2020 election. People don't want that. You know, there there are some very, very loud, very vocal supporters of, you know, both extreme factions of the Democrat and Republican parties. I get it. And, and you know, especially the Trump supporters, they really want Donald Trump to be the nominee. They want him to be president. They want to avenge more than just the loss of 2020. But a vast majority of independents and Republicans, they don't want that. So which party is going to break the stalemate? Because you have the forward party. You have the Libertarian Party, which is going through its own civil war right now. And then you've got the, you know, the middle of the road party that's talking about running Joe Manchin, which is an option no one wants to exercise. So who breaks the stalemate? The first one who to to present an option breaks the stalemate. And this is what we saw. What do you mean by that? Do you mean, a, do you mean like a transformational candidate that gets people really excited or a really boring milquetoast person uh, who's just going to stand back and maybe reduce the size of the federal government? You can't beat somebody with nobody. And the problem that we have right now is 20% of the country is really excited about Joe Biden in a rematch, and 20% of the country is really excited about Donald Trump in a rematch, and 60% of the country doesn't want either of those options, but somebody's got to put someone up. And we are doing it with the Libertarian Policy Institute at the state level. 
you know, a lot of these races for state rep, state Senate go completely uncontested. There's only one candidate on the ballot. I think the last elections in Mississippi in 2019, four out of every five seats in the legislature had no candidate outside the primary at all. And you have to put up somebody who's willing to change policy in a way that benefits people. So we think we can break through the stalemate by getting candidates who don't focus on their personality or their partisan identity, but pick issues that are important to normal people like legalizing cannabis mm -hmm. or ending grocery taxes or expanding public charter schools. We have 17 candidates in Mississippi right now running for state legislature, mostly in two way races who are focused on what they're going to change if they get into office, not on which party they're from. All right. We got more of this interview after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Do you think the change comes from these single issue candidates? So, I mean, because a lot of, a lot of what you're talking about, there are uh, more and more congressional Republicans who have more in common with traditional libertarians than what we've seen in a long time. And they are willing to work with Democrats on issues that are very important to them. And I'm talking about people like Derek Van Orden, who's a new congressman from Wisconsin. He's been on my podcast. You know, he is a constitutionalist and he wants to work with Democrats on fixing the VA once and for all. Nancy Mace wants to work with Democrats on cannabis reform. Uh, Thomas Massey will work with anyone on getting rid of entire federal departments. He, he doesn't care what party you're from, and, and he is probably the most libertarian of them all in Congress. So do you see liberty-minded Republicans as being the better messengers for what the Libertarian Pol Policy Institute would like, like to accomplish? We see the success coming from having people from all different sides of the spectrum focus together on the same issue. And what we saw in Alabama, we had a candidate in a one-on-one -on -one race against the Republican lieutenant governor and she got smoked 85 to 15. She didn't get a lot of votes, but she was focused on grocery tax repeal. In this legislative session in 2023, after the election's over, that same opponent shepherded through a bill through the legislature with overwhelming majorities in both houses to reduce the grocery tax in that state by 25%. And this had been an issue that progressive activists had been working on for decades with no traction because what it took was the pressure to come from a different angle. And that's what we're trying to do with LPI is get people from whatever party, Green, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Forward, Joe Manchin's Frankenstein party. <laughs> if we can all agree that people should not give some of their grocery budget to the government to waste, that that should be food on the table for their kids, Let's work together on that. Let's follow Frederick Douglass's advice, unite with anybody to do right and with nobody to do wrong. And when people in the coalition are coming from all sides, that's when change happens. So, so that, that breaks through the stalemate. So how do you how do you build 
a coalition in such a divided country? You have to find the issues that the dominant politicians and political establishment are not fixing that are also the problems that are most important for regular people and where the solutions have 60 to 80% support. If you do polling in Mississippi, there's 80% support to get rid of their grocery tax, which is 7%. It's the highest in the entire country. And, you know, we've gotten, we, we came into this back in February with this strategy of going after three issues and recruiting candidates for the three issues. Now the leading contender against the incumbent governor has adopted grocery tax repeal as one of his signature issues. So it's slow, but if you focus on doing good things for people, if you focus on the service part of public service and changing the policy regardless of who gets the credit, those little advances that are measurable and objective and make people's lives better, they build the trust that creates the environment for a better politics going forward two, four, six, ten years down the road. So when you talk to people who are running for office, um, and I'm going to talk to a group of people from Young Americans for Liberty, and, and many of them uh, have been through the program and, and they will want to run for office at some point. When you talk to people who are thinking about running, uh, what's more important, that they run as libertarians or that they find an issue like you're talking about that they're deeply invested in and hope that carries them over the finish line to victory? You know, every young person who gets involved in politics that I talk to, I ask them, if you had an unlimited budget and you could wave a magic wand to change the world, what would you change? I never ask them what party do you want to run under. I never ask them what brand you want to have because we need to be focusing on what we do and not just the tribal identity. So at this stage in my career, now that I'm not responsible to a political party and I don't have to be a super fan, I talk to them about what goals they have. You know, if you want to get a law passed, you got to get into office. You should look around at where you live and what your personal values are and give yourself the best opportunity for success because in reality, if if weed is legal and taxes are low and kids have opportunity to get a good education, I don't care if it's the communists that do it, right? No, oh, I don't like if, communists. I'm going to stop you there. Well, I don't I don't like them either. I like communists. But I don't if, like statists as uh, if the child are, of a Romanian immigrant who fled communism. I uh, if, I, I don't if, like commies, if, Nicholas. I'm going gonna, gonna to make you pump the brakes, right? I'm going to make you pump the commie brakes. If they implement libertarian public policy, that's more important than what lapel pin they wear. Yeah, they want right? to steal what your they lapel pin. That's what they they want to redistribute your lapel say. pins, Nicholas. Well, that's why we want to have lower taxes and try and have more of these services provided by markets rather than um, provided by the government. Because the government doesn't do a lot of things real well. They're like your kids when they want to help with chores around the house, yeah. you know that they mean well, but it's not going to be the best job. And, you know, maybe you don't give them too much to do. Hmm. I like to give my kids more to do. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm uh, <laughs> teaching my 14-year-old how to iron and do laundry. Um, it's this it's wonderful good. to talk to you. I, I wish you the best of luck. And I, I think this is a great and inspiring path because 
you are very much committed to the movement and the cause and making the world a better place. So I definitely commend you for that. And I want to, next time I talk to you, I want to hear more and more about the specific work that you're doing that can inspire other people in different parts of the country to maybe run for office and make change and find those issues that really affect the people who are working around them where government has gotten too big and too powerful and compromised their lives. So you're doing great work. Thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Always wonderful to talk to you, Nicholas Arwak. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.